So if we understand that as sort of, sort of the background to, to our thinking, we can move into, into the New Testament and just, I will just make this point. So we've, we've talked about before how what happens in, in Exodus is happening in history. It's happening in time. It's powerful. It's making a point. The Egyptians uh, are really oppressive. The, the Israelites are really being oppressed. God is really uh, performing miracles. He's doing all of this. Pharaoh's really hardening his heart. But God is going to actually and truly set the Israelites free. And he does that. He sets them free. Uh, he sets them free. We talked about last week how they cross over uh, out of the land, land of Egypt, how they cross over on dry land because God has, has spread the Red Sea for them. All of this to say is that God is the one who brings out about salvation. They understand this and they celebrate this each year in the Passover. So uh, the Jewish people having been set free each year do continue to celebrate the, this Passover. It's not a... Uh, uh, a one-time event, but they continue to celebrate the Passover uh, going forward in history. They celebrate it all the way into the time of, of Jesus, so that on the uh, on the the tenth of, of the month of Nisan, on the tenth of the month that, that God had told them to do it, they go out and they they get their lamb. Actually, in the time of Jesus, they wanted to make sure that the lamb was was selected by the tenth. So they went out in the evening uh, of the, of the ninth to make sure that the lamb was selected. Upon selecting the lamb, they would bring the lamb into their into their home. When they brought the lamb into their into their their home, they had have the lamb there at, at the appointed time uh, of Passover. After the four days, they would they would slaughter the, the the lamb. They would as a sacrifice to God, and in this way, they would continue to commemorate uh, the Passover. Hold that in your mind, okay? So hold that in your mind. I'd like to go then to Mark chapter eleven and read this. So that's that's the Passover. We're going to talk this morning about the triumphal entry. Mark chapter 11 says this. When they approached Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, he, he being Jesus, sent two of his disciples and told them, Go into the village ahead of you. As soon as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it to me. If anyone says, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it and will send it back right away. So they found a colt outside in the street, tied by the door. They untied it, and some of those standing there said to them, what are you, what are you doing? Uh, untying the colt. They answered, just as Jesus has said, so they let them go. They brought the donkey to Jesus and threw their clothes on it. And he sat on it. Many people spread their clothes on the road, and they spread leafy branches cut from the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming, uh, is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. He went into Jerusalem and into the table. And after looking around at everything, since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. So, this is what we call the triumphal entry. We understand this in, in, if, we, if we're familiar with, with, with church history, if we're familiar with, with teaching and familiar with scripture, we understand this is the moment that Jesus comes in to Jerusalem and he's coming into Jer Jerusalem with the full knowledge that, that this is going to end in his own crucifixion, that he is going to be killed. And, it, and, and all of the events that are going to happen, all of the events we'll celebrate uh, this week, Palm Sunday, uh, this morning, 
um, uh, Good Friday on Friday, uh, the resurrection on Sunday. All of them are kind of put into place by what happens here. So let's talk about some of what, what happens here and just, just talk. Jesus, knowing what's going to happen, Jesus, realizing that the time is right, decides that he's going to travel from Bethpage to Bethany. Uh, we know... Uh, we can kind of figure out when he left and how much time it, it, it took. Uh, and so I'll come back to that in a minute too. But it's near the Mount of Olives. And he tell, since two of his disciples, go, says, go get me the colt. When I hear colt, I think of a horse. In this case, he means a donkey. He goes and gets a donkey. We, there's been a discussion that people go, why is Jesus showing up on a, on a donkey? What is, what is, uh, what's up with that? They think and they surmise that the reason that Jesus comes on a donkey at this time is that he's coming in peace, or at least in some sense in surrender, because he knows what he's coming to and what he's coming for. Uh, when we see Jesus again riding on, a, riding on an animal, it will not be on, on a donkey of surrender, but rather it'll, it'll be on a horse of war, symbolizing the fact that he is coming to, to, to overcome. But in this case, as he rides in, in, into Jerusalem or in towards Jerusalem, he's going to come in on a donkey, symbolizing that he, that he, comes, uh, that he comes in peace, or, or you might say in surrender. He rides in on the, they brought the donkey to Jesus, they throw their clothes on it, he sits on it. Many people spread their clothes on the road, and others spread leafy branches cut from the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed, blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David, Hosanna in the highest. So here's what happens, is Jesus is traveling from, from, from Bethpage, and he's going to travel into Jerusalem. In between those, those two places, uh, in between those two places is a road. There's really only one road that goes from, from here to there. And it's going to go from Bethpage to, to the gate that leads into the city. In between there, people are going to run out and they're going to see Jesus coming in. And when they see Jesus coming in, they have a response. And their response is, is like they would respond to a king. They take off their clothes and they put it on, on, on the road. They are cutting off, uh, they cut off palms. The reason we call it Palm Sunday is they cut palm fronds from the trees and they put the palm fronds in front of them. And so if you look at why, why palm fronds, what do, what do these palms mean? It has to do with what, with what they're saying. Their expectation, their thought process, even though Jesus is, is demonstrating by how he comes on the donkey, is that they're going, Jesus is going to ride in to, to Jerusalem and he's going to establish his kingdom. He's going to establish his, 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 his um, power. He's going to establish his dominance. He is going to, in, in as in the Exodus, as the children of Israel were set free from Pharaoh and the Egyptians, in Jesus' time, they were looking forward to being set free from, from the Romans and their rule and their oppression. And so the expectation is that as Jesus comes down the road, as Jesus comes into, into, the, into the, the city, that he's going to come and he is going to put them in the place that they, they view, uh, that, they, that they feel that they belong, and that he's going to end the rule or the occupation of them by Romans. The reason this happens outside the city is that palm, the palms are considered uh, revolutionary, and so they think historically that, that it has to happen outside the city because palms viewed as a revolutionary action aren't allowed inside the city. The Romans have banned them because they would have associated this 
this with, 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 a, with a kingly coming with another king. And they're like, you revolutionaries. It's associated with the zealots of the day, the ones who wanted a different king, the ones who wanted somebody else to take over. So the palms weren't allowed in. But Jesus says he's coming in. These people, who, who, uh, these people who are looking for a new king, looking for an overthrow, they rush out. They're, they're taking off clothes. They're putting the palms in front of them. And then they begin, they follow and they shout. And they shout, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now the word Hosanna means he saves, he saves, he saves, he saves. And they're, they're chanting again. These, these sorts of things in, in their eyes, in their expectation are probably viewed through a political lens and they're expecting uh, violent or otherwise overthrow uh, of, of the Romans. But here comes Jesus on his donkey riding in with the crowds surrounding him uh, surrounding him, with the crowds rushing out, with the crowds putting in front of him the, the, the palm branches and crying, he saves, he saves, he saves. And it looks like a giant triumphal procession of, of a warring king. I, I've always been interested in this term triumphal entry, why it's labeled that in scripture. Because if you, if you skip ahead in the story, we know that this, this, this entry is, is not, um, does not seem to be triumphal. But I think part of the reason is that the entry historically looks and acts and is completely triumphal. I've read several quotes of people who know well the story and say well and said, Jesus is not just just walking into town. Jesus is not just coming into town. Jesus is prating into town. This is a prayed, and the parade is, is intense. And so I want you, as we've said with, with Exodus before, I want to say to you again, I want you to, to envision and picture a real Savior, a real person, because you're, if you're a Jesus follower, he's not some disembodied spirit that you worship from afar, but he existed. He was real. I want you to put yourself in the moment, put yourself in that place, and imagine yourself alongside the road as the zealots rush out, as other people rush out, as all those expecting the one who comes on, on uh, riding in on the colt. They expect him to overthrow, and they cry, Hosanna. Hosanna, Hosanna. He saves, he saves, he saves. Now, they're going to turn out to be right. Right? I hope that's not a spoiler alert, but they're going to turn out to be right. But what they're saying, I think, is different than what is about to happen. What, what, is, what is going on? So, they're, they're, the road from Bethpage that leads into the city leads into, into, a, into a gate, Right, and in between Bethpage and the gate, all of these people come and they throw, they throw in, or they throw out their down their clothes. They're like, "We're not worthy of you." They throw down the palm fronds, saying, "You're a king." They expect this kingly coming, and they build up what we would think of as a kingly coming—the kind of reception that we might give if if a, if a huge foreign dignitary, or the president, or the king of another nation, or someone who ruled over us were, were to come. They they put together that kind of prayed, right? That kind of thing that you hear about. And it happens between Bethpage and a gate. When Jesus enters the gate into Jerusalem, the palm fronds aren't allowed in. When Jesus enters the gates in, 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 gate in Jerusalem, the, 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 the chants of Hosanna are going to subside. It's interesting that there's this huge outpouring of what ends up looking like a military parade, looking like, like this kingly overthrow between Bethpage and the gate. But what history tells us and what we can kind of assume from knowing the direction they would have taken from Bethpage and the gate that they would have entered, Jesus enters into the city by a gate. 
The name of that gate is the sheep gate. Here's what's interesting about, about the sheep gate. So Jesus comes, kingly coming, here he comes. Hosanna, Hosanna, overthrow, overthrow, overthrow. But Jesus' entrance into the city is not in a rush to overthrow. It's not in a rush to fight. He enters through a gate called the sheep gate. Here's what the sheep gate is. The sheep gate is the gate that all of the people in Jerusalem would have got their sheep from when they went to prepare for Passover. So when, you, when they prepared for Passover, there's rules. They've been told, right? On, on the 10th of the month, you should have selected a sheep. You're going to select a sheep, and when you, when, you, when you get this sheep, I want you to take it into your home, keep it there for this many days. After you keep it for this many days, you saw, they follow these rules. And so the reason, part of the reason there's such a huge crowd there to meet Jesus is another fact. Jesus enters through the sheep gate, but he enters through the sheep gate on the ninth or the evening of the ninth of Nisan. In other words, he enters on sheep selection day. And so the reason everybody is gathered in Jerusalem, the reason they just got, because they've made their pilgrimage. They've made their pilgrimage. They're coming to prepare to celebrate Passover. So they're in the city. Why are they in the city? They're in the city waiting and, and they're chanting to Jesus because they're already there. They're already there to do what? To celebrate Sheep or celebrate Passover to celebrate all of this. They're there on sheep selection day. He enters on the evening of the ninth. The evening of the ninth is when everybody in Jerusalem would have been out to select their sheep for Passover so that they could be in good standing with God. Right? So here comes Jesus with his kingly coming, this triumphal entry that starts in Bethpage, but it enters through the sheep gate in the evening of the ninth. Jesus enters through the gate of the sheep on sheep selection day. He walks into the gate. That, that's, that's expected. Uh, 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 I'm sorry. He walks in through that gate. When he walks in through the gate, things are changing, right? The palms aren't allowed in. They're not throwing off uh, their clothes in, in front of him anymore. But he walks in, and the people are already there. Why are they there? They're there to select their sheep. What does their sheep have to be like? Well, their sheep has to be a perfect a perfect uh, lamb. It has to be. It has to be be a worthy sacrifice. In other words, you couldn't just um, you couldn't just get a uh, a cut rate lamb. Go. Um, what do you have in something maybe used? Right. You have to have the level of perfection, the level of the level of worthiness for this this sacrifice. In Jesus's day, in Jesus's day, that means that the lamb that was used in Passover. The lamb that they used for their Passover celebration had to be a lamb that came from Bethlehem. The reason the lamb had to come from Bethlehem is, is, is predominantly, they think, in their time because the Sadducees owned all of the, lamb, all of the sheep from, from Bethlehem and they're trying to fill their coffers. But the only acceptable lamb and the only acceptable sheep to use in selection day would, would be the lamb or the sheep that came from Bethlehem. Those sheep would have entered the city for selection day through the sheep gate. Right? So, if you're following along, here's what happens. Jesus, in triumphal entry, rides his donkey through celebration. The zealots and other people and everybody else who were already in the city, so it's a bigger crowd, come out and line the road. And when they line the road, they take off their cloaks and they take off their stuff saying, we're not worthy in the presence of a king to wear this. I lay down what I have in front of you. They go and they cut palm fronds, which is a, which is a symbol of a kingly coming. And they put those palm fronds down in front of them. And Jesus, on his walk, rides through that 
but he arrives at the sheep gate on the ninth of Nisan, on sheep selection day, by way of Bethlehem, the only acceptable sheep for a sacrifice in the time in which Jesus lived. And he walks into the city. Some people believe in coincidences. I believe in the hand of divine providence. There is a reason that Jesus shows up in the city on Lamb Selection Day. There's a reason that Jesus walks into the town through the sheep gate. There's a reason that he comes, and the reason is this, is that the Passover makes sense in light of Jesus. Right? They've celebrated it. They've, 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 they've carried it out. They know it. But Jesus walks in through the sheep gate, and he brings all the meaning to it. Meaning that, that it's not a coincidence like, oh, it's neat that Jesus was like a Passover lamb. It's neat that Jesus is like an analogy to those Passover lamb. It's neat because Jesus is a sacrifice like the Passover lamb was. No, no, no. Jesus is not like a Passover lamb. Jesus is the Passover lamb. He walks into the city via the sheep gate on lamb selection day because he is the holy and fully selected lamb of God come to take away the sins of the world. He's chosen on that day. He spends the next days with his disciples. He celebrates Passover. He's crucified. He's in the grave. He's resurrected and he walks out and Passover gets its meaning in this man. His name is Jesus, the lamb of God out of Bethlehem through the sheep gate into the city chosen to be the one the sacrifice who takes away the sins of the world man your bible is so good your bible is so good listen this is this is not a story this that, that that's written by some author who happens to be gifted this is not something that's made up this is not a bunch of feel good tales meant to manipulate your emotions this is the very truth of god telling you how history functions that emanated from the throne and from the throne of God, he had ordained, he had put into place in the, in, at the Exodus, he had put into the place Passover, and he told them to celebrate it because he knew that for a time they would sacrifice lambs, but he also knew that one day he would be that lamb. He knew for a time they would select, they would go and, and select. He knew for a time that they would go and slaughter. He knew for a time that they would consume uh, 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 of, the, of the flesh, of the sheep and the goats. But he also knew that one day he was walking into the city via the sheep's gate on the ninth of Nisan in the evening for lamb selection day and he would be selected as he had been from all of history as the lamb of God, the Passover lamb, the final sacrifice, the one whose blood was shed, the one whose blood was applied to the doorpost of your life and my life so that when God looks upon us, he doesn't bring judgment, but he gives us himself. Here comes Jesus, the lamb of God through the sheep gate. That is, is your word. That is your book. That is the Bible. And God is not surprised. The reason the exodus happens, yes, God wants to free, free the Israelites. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, God is good in all of history. But the freedom for the Israelites through the, through, uh, through the Passover lamb 
Was God saying, for now, I will let you use this Passover lamb as a bookmark in history because there is coming a time when the true lamb will come. And on that day, when the lamb comes, you will sacrifice no more, but you will still consume of him. We get to consume of the very lamb of God. So that when they said, And we should take joy in this. The people worship, and the people worship with, with, with right words. With, they don't even know what they're saying. But when the people rushed out, and they threw their clothes before him and said, here comes the king, they were right. When the people rushed out and they threw their, they threw their palm frowns down before him, said, here comes Jesus, here comes the king, they were right. When the people rushed out and they said, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. They were right. For the lamb who was going to be sacrificed was also the only lamb who by virtue of his sacrifice, by virtue of the life that he lived in, by virtue of his resurrection, was ever worthy to sit upon the throne of David forever. Blessed is the coming kingdom. Hosanna. In the highest. They didn't really know what they were saying. But oh how right they were. Save us, save us, save us. He went into Jerusalem and around the temple. So Jesus goes and goes on. But he selected on that day. And by, by the end of the week, he comes in with this, with this triumph and people yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. By the end of the week, they'll be yelling, crucify, crucify, crucify. But by Sunday, they'll be standing before an empty tomb. And it will be proven once and for all in all of history that the one who was dead is now alive. And because he's alive, the sacrifice of the Lamb of God, the true Passover Lamb, is eternal, it is perfect, the Lamb has been selected, and our salvation is sure, our joy, it can be made complete, and we are, can be in relationship with Him. I, I don't make a huge uh, habit of watching uh, Christian television uh, because I find it to be bothersome. But occasionally, if you're flipping through those channels, they'll have on Southern Gospel artists. I'll be honest with you, I don't also make a huge habit of listening to Southern Gospel artists. But there's one song that I continually see. I honestly don't know. This is how much I know about Southern Gospel. There might only be one Southern Gospel song, and they're, they're all just singing it, right? I don't know. But here's what I know. Is that if you turn on Christian TV and you see the Southern Gospel people occasionally, they'll be singing this song, and the song goes like this, Here Comes Jesus. And I don't love Southern Gospel usually, but man, I love that song. Man, I love that song, and I don't know how we're going to sing it. I don't know what, our, what, our, what, our, what, what the future is like. Like, here's, here's what I believe, and here's, here's what I'm getting at, that the that, the one who entered the city by, 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 by way of the Lamb's Gate, the Sheep's Gate, the one who entered the city to be selected as God's perfect Lamb on Lamb Selection Day, was the Lamb who was sacrificed and was the Lamb who overcame. And so just as God, by virtue of blood of the sheep, passed over, over 
the, the, the children of Israel. So in that Jesus' blood has been applied to my life, God passes over me with his anger, but imbues me and gives to me his righteousness and his love. I, I live in light of that reality that the Passover lamb has come. I've been passed over with what I deserve which is sin, death, and hell. And I've been gifted what I don't deserve, which is the very person of Jesus Christ, his righteousness imputed to me so that when God looks at me, this statement can be true. God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. So that when God looks at me, he does not see me in light of who I am. He sees me in light of the blood applied to the doorpost of my life. This is the Passover lamb. And so here's what I'm getting at. There is coming a time, everybody, When this God, this king, is going to enter again, he's going to come again. He came once. He came once through the sheep's gate. He came once as the Passover lamb. He came once as the perfect sacrifice. He has accomplished that and declared it finished. He's coming again as the Lion of Judah, the coming king, the rescuing Lord, and he is going to come and he will reign and sit forevermore on the throne, the rightful heir to David's throne, the heir to the throne. Remember the throne, it says in Hebrews, therefore let us boldly approach the throne of grace. The one who sits upon the throne is coming again. And I just want you to be with me and shouting this morning like they did in this time and like they did again, shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And I hope in in, in what you're hearing, I hope in your heart that what you encounter is this, that you look and you say, like they say in the Southern Gospel songs, here comes Jesus. Here comes Jesus. I cannot think of anything more powerful, more life-changing, more amazing than that. We walk into a week of celebration. We walk into a week of, of, of some of it on Friday. You'll encounter what will be. Uh, it, it's celebration, but it's remembrance. And so that's not usually the most upbeat, but you will find that we will transition by Easter morning to what we like to view as a party because we are resurrection people. And the Lamb of God who entered by way of the sheep's gate to be selected as the perfect Passover Lamb who was sacrificed, whose blood was applied to the doorpost of my heart, also rose from the dead. And he's alive, and he's coming again, and I get to be a resurrection person. But we won't go there, because I don't want to jump to next week's message. Right? My, My... goal for you this morning, my heart for you this morning, is that you might look into the truth and the power of what this book says, and in your heart say, here comes Jesus, the pure, spotless Passover lamb, to take away the sins of the world, but more than that, to take away my sins, so that I might know him, that I might worship him, that I might celebrate him, that I might walk with him, that he might be my God, and he, I might be his child forevermore. The Exodus, the Passover lamb, everything we're talking about. Jesus said, said everything that was written in the law and the prophets, that, that's about me. And so when we encounter the Passover in Exodus, we get to encounter its fulfillment in the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But more than that, we get to know the person of Jesus. He was the pure lamb. 
he was put to death, but the good news is he was resurrected because of the power of the living God, and we get to know him, love him, worship him, and follow him forevermore. May our cry be unified this morning. Here comes Jesus. Pray with me.